The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Very welcome along to the Big Red Bench this Saturday evening. Great show on the way for you. We'll hear from Cove Ramblers captain Pierce Phillips ahead of their playoff semi-final versus Wexford. Tomorrow is Komoki County Final Day. John McCarthy and Linda Mellerick preview that one. Leinster and Ireland legend Devin Toner talks to us about the World Cup retirement and the new provincial season. And good news on that front, Munster leading Sharks 19-7 at Thoman Park. Uh, we hear from Billy Bedlam and Owen Richards from Rebel County Wrestling as well later on ahead of their upcoming show at the PAV. And we'll also round up all of the day's action and results where it's looking good for Munster. All of it coming up between here and 7pm. You're listening to The Big Red Bench here on Cork's Red FM. It's Aidan Leahy here with you until 7 o'clock. And uh, apologies there, just put the phone on silent. Uh, plenty going on, as you can imagine. Uh, 0868-104-106 if you want to get in touch uh, with us. Joey Carberry just lining up this kick to uh, convert that try for Munster and over the post it goes. So they'll go into half time. Uh, with a 21 points to 7 lead fantastic try by uh, Antoine Frisch there just before uh, the break uh, the ball kind of bit of a, a dink over uh, behind the, the Sharks defence and uh, they just couldn't deal with it uh, Frisch followed it in and just slammed the ball down in the uh, in for the try so uh, looking good for Munster Edwin Adogbo opening the scoring there as well uh, of course the Cove man getting his uh, try uh, in the first game of the season so good start for the reigning champions in the URC and uh, while we're at it uh, we'll take a look at the other games in the URC today Ulster and Connacht in action they opened their seasons with wins also uh, Connacht surviving a fight back in the second half to defeat Ospreys 34-19 at the sports ground and earlier Dan McFarlane's men came from behind to get past Zebra 40-36 in Italy and then of course tonight England doing battle with defending champion South Africa for a place in the Rugby World Cup final Kickoff in Paris is at 8 uh, earlier on the Ireland women's team dominated their WXV game against Colombia they ran in 10 tries to beat the South Americans 64 points to 3 in Dubai and some results in the All-Irelands League as well while we're here in Division 1A it's into Turner College nil Corkon 20 in 1B Highfield beat Buccaneers 36-16 and it ended St Mary's College 31 UCC 25 um, alright let's uh, look first to today's action in the Premier League in Chidozi Ogbeni bagged his first ever Premier League goal for Luton as they rescued a point away to Nottingham Forest in the uh, Premier League this afternoon. Frank Watson reports from the City Ground. Luton boss Rob Edwards was understandably upbeat post-match, keen to praise his players' spirit in coming back from two goals down with just ten minutes to go and rightly pleased with the impact of his substitutes, including the experienced duo of Ross Barkley and Andros Townsend, as well as the scorer of the stoppage-time equaliser, Elijah Adebayo. His opposite number, Steve Cooper, bemoaned two points lost and felt that the many positives to be taken from what was for 80 minutes a totally dominant Forest performance including two goals for Chris Wood and an impressive performance from Anthony Alanga are likely to go unnoticed because of the result it finished at the city ground Nottingham Forest 2, Luton 2 
yeah, big goal for uh, Chio there. Uh, first Premier League goal for him and a big point for Luton as well as they try to, uh, well... I don't know, get get some bit of hope out of trying to stay in the Premier League. It's going to be a tough task for them. Um, and City returned to winning ways. They beat Brighton 2-1 despite going down to 10 men with Manuel Akanji uh, being sent off for a second yellow card. Elsewhere, Newcastle took all three points as they beat Crystal Palace 4-0. As we heard, Chiodosi Benny uh, uh, hit the back of the net for Luton as they drew 2-0 with Nottingham Forest. Wolves beat Bournemouth 2-1 and it finished Brentford 3, Burnley 0. Earlier, Liverpool went top thanks to a 2-0 win over Everton in the Merseyside derby. Uh, Arsenal can go top. I actually think City are top of the table now after their win. Arsenal will go top, though, if they get all three points against Chelsea, but they're uh, they're behind 1-0 thanks to a Cole Palmer penalty. And I haven't seen... I haven't been watching this game. I've been watching the rugby and I've just been a bit busy. Um... And I went onto Twitter, and it is both teams giving out about the referee constantly. So clearly not going uh, well in that game. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, what are we? Thirty-six minutes gone, one nil to Chelsea. Um, meanwhile, Manchester United will pay tribute to their former player Bobby Charlton when they take on Sheffield United at 8pm. Charlton, a member of England's 1966 World Cup winning side, has died at the age of 86. His family say he passed away peacefully this morning, surrounded by his loved ones. The United legend won the 1968 European Cup and also lifted three First Division titles with the club. Uh, Speaking previously, the former striker said delivering trophies at Old Trafford was essential. Manchester United is, is... A big club, maybe maybe the biggest club in in the world, but that's no good unless you actually sh- show why you are the best. Yeah, very sad to be fair, and a lot of memories being shared of him, and uh, of course uh, his brother Jack Charlton, a massive figure in, in Irish football, and uh, there was a really nice uh, moment uh, a couple of years back where uh, Bobby Charlton was uh, he was receiving an award, I think for possibly Hall of Fame uh, for BBC Sports Personality of the Year and Jack Charlton was there to present the war the award to him. Uh, this is what he had to say on that occasion. Oh, I was trying to get that clip up. I don't think it's going to work for me, unfortunately. But he did say he was the, the best ever player he's ever seen and uh, it's a really nice moment actually between the two of them because they hadn't, they didn't have the easiest of relationships. Um, it was quite testing. I don't think they talked to each other for a good few years, and uh, that was about uh, around the time they patched things up. And uh, it's a nice moment from Jack Charlton. He's saying he's the best player he ever saw play the game, and he says at the end of it, he's my brother. Uh, it's a really nice moments, and uh, so yeah, uh, a massive loss uh, for for the the footballing community around the world. Um, all right. Uh, here at home, Shamrock Rovers missed their chance to go second in the Women's Premier Division. They scored late to rescue a one-all draw with Wexford Utes at Ferry Carrick Park. Uh, elsewhere, Athlone Town beat Cork City 3-1 as they continue to build towards the Women's FA Cup final next month. It's half-time in Limerick with Treaty United hosting Galway. It's Galway leading 2-0 thanks to goals from Kate Thompson and Jodie Griffin. Uh, GA news as well. Jim McGuinness will face a tough return to the Ulster Football Championship next season. I'll be honest with you, these draws totally passed me by. The draw for the 2024 Championship uh, took place and it's Donegal against Derry in the opening round in the Ulster Championship. It'll be Mickey Hart's first Championship game in charge of the Oak Leaf County. Uh, elsewhere, Monaghan faced Cavan with the winners taking on Tyrone while Fermanagh battle with Armagh and Down come up against Antrim. Then in Munster, uh, not ideal again. It just means that it's going to be a terrible Munster final again this year because Kerry 
uh, will face either Cork or Limerick. So Limerick and Cork will play off for the chance to face Kerry in the semi-final, which uh, at least that'll be a decent game, but it's just another year without a Cork and Kerry Munster final. And every year there isn't a Cork and Kerry Munster final. It is quite honest with you. Uh, to be quite honest with you, it's, it's a waste of time. Uh, they really are. They're a waste of time. At least when it's Kerry and Cork, it's a bit of crack regardless of the result. Uh, but yeah, it won't be again this year. Uh, so uh, Kerry to face either Cork or Limerick in the Munster semi-finals with Clare set to take on Tipperary or Waterfers. And also, it's just a bit stupid when you have all of this feeding into the whole um, Telchin Cup crack as well. Like, you know... Um, it just makes no sense to me. It makes things harder for the for the, the weaker teams to like one of Clare, Tipperary or Waterford will end up in the Sam Maguire, right? It's most likely going to be Clare, I'd imagine, unless Peter Keane gets Tipperary really rolling uh when he takes over. But one of them are going to end up in the Sam Maguire, which like is just totally pointless in my eyes, because those three teams are three teams that badly need to be in the Telchin Cup to try and get something going for themselves. And I would suggest then, obviously, Cork don't want to be in the Telchin Cup. Cork want to be in the Sam Maguire like they were last year. Um, look, I suppose get the job done in the league and, and finish as high as possible and, and take that danger away um, like we had last year when Cork lost to Clare. Um, but it's just, for me, it just yeah, it's just... Anyway, stupid. Uh, meanwhile, Toblin begin the defence of their Leinster title against either Longford or Meath in the quarterfinals, and Galway defend their Connacht crown with a last day tie away to London. Uh, all right, uh, so that is uh, everything I think uh, cleaned up. Uh, big uh, day, of course, um, at Castle Road in the SE Systems Corkamogi Intermediate Final. Black Rock have beaten Watergrass Hill in Castle Road 211 to 15. The final score, and a shout out to our own Haley Ryan as well who was on the Black Rock team there. Uh, so uh, very well, uh, big, massive well done to all involved there. Uh, all right, let's uh, get into the show now. And uh, we're going to hear from Pierce Phillips, the Cove Ramblers captain. Of course, Cove Ramblers drawing last night with Kerry FC won all at St. Coleman's Park. But they are gearing up for those playoffs um, on the 24th of October, if I'm not mistaken, away to Wexford first and then the second leg there at home. Uh, Pierce spoke to me earlier on about the season so far and the importance of a really good campaign in the playoffs. All right, delighted to be joined on the line now by Cove Ramblers captain Pierce Phillips ahead of a huge couple of weeks for the club, I suppose. Um, Pierce, first of all, uh, you geared up for the playoffs against Wexford last night with a, a one-all draw against Kerry FC at St. Coleman's Park. Uh, it was a late equaliser from Kerry, but I suppose you were mainly probably focusing on that performance and just getting into the right shape uh, for those two huge games against Wexford. Yeah, definitely. I think the focus, obviously since we've had playoff secure was was to try solidify our third place spot and since we've done that and um, folks really did turn to you know the the two legs against Wexford um, yeah last night it wasn't our best performance but I mean um, you know yeah one I was on on the playoffs next the Tuesday coming so I mean we're we're, we're happy enough with the with the, way the last few games but obviously a draw against Wexford up in their place and a draw last night against Kerry um, so yeah we're feeling good going into the to, the two games anyway Absolutely yeah it's been a, a very good season obviously Shane Keegan has put his stamp all over the club now I think it's fair to say um, tell us about the season what, what has it been like working with Shane I think everybody that has worked with him speaks very highly of him and uh, he's certainly uh, proving to be a, a very good man in charge of, of Cove Ramblers this season Yeah massively I think 
it's it's been a very enjoyable season from from all aspects really. I mean, you know, the turnaround from last year was it's it's unbelievable to be honest with you. You know, I think we finished you know 17, 18 points something like that last season, and so to turn that around and and finish third now and be into the playoffs in a good position, um, yeah, every, everything with the club it seems to be going in the right direction and from players, coach and staff, everybody were in a good place and we're happy. Couldn't be happier with how the season's gone to be honest with you. Yeah, and I think um, the attacking style of play as well. Like, I mean, you put five past uh, and Harps there uh, last month, and uh, you've you've been you've you've you found it quite easy to to grab a few goals when you need to, like that a three all draw as well with Wexford a couple of weeks ago. Um, do you, do you feel that when when you go out there that you do have goals in you? Yeah, I, I think that's the biggest difference, balance which over the last few seasons. You know, defensively, we've always been. You know, we felt we've we've been good enough. But just goals is lacking, and obviously goals is why you need to finish higher up on the table. And you know, the likes of Jack and Willie coming in, they've made a massive difference both in double figures this year. Um, and obviously, there's other lads chipping in as well. So, yeah, I think we always feel that when we go, if we keep a clean sheet, that we can win again because we feel we'll always get a goal or two. Um, so I think that's been a massive factor, and hopefully, it will be the same now over the over the, the course of the playoff playoffs. Yeah, Jack Darty's been a huge player, hasn't he, this season? Even though I, I was at the uh, season opener in Tralee against Kerry FC and uh, even the, just that free kick, like he stood out so much and uh, he's a player of real, real quality. Yeah, he's made a massive impact since joining us. Um, you know, right through the whole season, really. Um, you know you know that when you go into a game, if, if one of your strikers is going to get nearly a goal every second game for you that you have a chance um, no matter who you're up against so yeah he's made a massive impact um, and like I said the other lads as well you know Willie chipping him with the goals uh, Mike Rose the same since he's come in halfway through the season um, and yeah it's just it's great to know that when you do go into a game like I said if you keep a clean sheet you have a chance to win because the boys up top will do it for you you go into the playoffs now uh, Tuesday 24th of October away to Wexford is the first leg of the semi-final is it is it almost like you're going into a separate sort of a, a cup competition, you know, compared to the league? Let's say it's built up to this, but it, it's almost like a totally different competition, now, isn't it? It is, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, Shane touching it last night that you know enjoyed the last league game. Everything we've we've worked and built up to is that, but it it is pretty much a separate competition because you know everything you've done over the past thirty six games. Um, it, it doesn't really matter going into this because it's obviously two two like. Um, two-legged games for the for the first set of playoffs but you know it really is its own competition and you need to refocus and reset for, for what's coming ahead Yeah and like that a three-all draw the last time you went there um, they've proved to they're very much a steady team aren't they Wexford I think they almost have a, an identical goals for and goals against uh, record uh, this season in the league Um it, they'll be re- they will be tough, I suppose, especially that first game when they're at home as well. They'll be looking to dig in there and, uh, well, at least get a result out of it. And uh, it'll be it'll be up to you to try and go and uh, upset the party in that first leg. Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, Westford they deserve to be over there. They've been they've been solid all season. Um, and you know, head to head against them, I think we've one win, one one loss, and two draws. So I mean. Um, you know, it's fairly level from that side of things, but obviously we are very confident going into it, and and we know we can we can get a result. We just have to play to our own standards and um, make sure our heads are tuned in for it. Really, do you feel pressure, or do you feel that this is bonus territory? Um, I suppose at the start of the season, when when we set our targets, you know, we said we wanted to be in the playoffs. Um, 
the squad that we put together, we felt that we we should be here and we, that we deserve to be where we are. So I suppose it, it's it's good to be here. I wouldn't be called a bonus territory. I think it's that middle ground. Obviously, there's there's good pressure. You know, everybody's excited to be in the playoffs, but um, we feel that we we definitely have the squad to um, to go ahead and get through the first few stages and see where it takes us. But the main focus is just on Tuesday. It's just one game at a time where we are at the moment. Yeah, like it's difficult to you know look so far ahead as to actually you know dreaming of that promotion because it's such a long road to get there you have to get through a two-legged semi-final you have to win a, a final and then another final after that against a yes. nine place in the league like it is a very difficult road for that team to come through the playoffs in the first division it is it is so that that's that's why it just has to be one game at a time um, and you know we have a big squad there where everybody's played a massive role throughout the season um, at some stage or another so you know we know we, we can depend on the squad depth that we have as well because it is four games, injuries can happen over the, over the course of them. Um, so yeah, we're, we're confident going into it. But like I said, just one game at a time, and hopefully we can go up on Tuesday and get a good result to take back to Coleman's Park on Saturday. Do you think the stars are aligning for a possible uh, Cove Ramblers versus uh, Cork City uh, relegation uh, uh, promotion playoff uh, in a I, couple of weeks' time? Yeah, I, I think that's something that a lot of people are thinking about. Um, I mean, look. Obviously, we'd love to get there. We'd love to make that happen, um, and I'm sure if it did, if it did occur, it would be a massive event. Um, but yeah, honestly, we can't. We're, we're not looking past Tuesday, and then if if we get a good result there, it's onto Saturday, and it's just onto the next one. Um, it would be a great, it'd be a great event to happen. But um, you know, we're really we're not even thinking about it at the moment. Absolutely. Just to finish up, and I know, like you said, you're taking it one game at a time, but how much would it mean for Cove Ramblers t- to get back up to the Premier Division, you know, uh, such a historic club, and for, for Cork football, for Cove Ramblers especially, uh, it's a really special opportunity, and uh, I can sense that talking to you, and I think there's a real sense and a real uh, enthusiasm and optimism as well heading into this. Yeah, I think it would be massive for the club. Um, you know, there's been a different feel around it this year, from all aspects, you know, we've gotten good support from the fans each week. Um, the club, they're really backing the players throughout the whole year. And you know, I suppose this is my fourth full season with the club, and it's it's the it's the best. It's been from all areas, you know. Um, I think when I first came in, we pushed for the playoffs. Then two seasons after that, we were found ourselves down the table a bit. So I mean, to get the club back to the playoff position where we are now, and hopefully into the Premier, it will be massive. Um, and I think everybody around the club. They deserve it, you know, because there's a massive effort put in. So hopefully we can deliver that over the next few weeks. Excellent stuff. Pierce Phillips, the very best of luck from everyone here in Red FM against Wexford in the two games in the playoff semi-final. And thanks a million for joining us on the Big Red Bench. Cheers, Aidan. Thanks a million. Yeah, Pierce Phillips there, the uh, Cove Ramblers captain, speaking to us ahead of those big games against Wexford in the first division playoffs. And the very best of luck. Um, all right, ahead of the SE Systems Cork Camogie Senior Championship final between Shandoon and Sarsfield tomorrow at Castle Road. Jeremy McCarthy has been speaking to Cork legend and Echo reporter Linda Mellerick about the game. Now, ahead of this weekend's Cork Camogie Senior final between uh, Shandoon and uh, Sarsfield, we are delighted uh, to welcome the Echo Live.ie and the Echo's resident, one of the resident Camogie experts, along with Mary Newman, to talk to us about that final and the proposed potential changes, rule changes that are being trialled quite shortly in Camogie as well. Delighted to welcome back to the Big Red Bench, Linda Mellerick. Linda, how are you? Hi, Aidan. How are you? 
I'm very good, Jaron. How are you? It's a while since we've spoken. I know, it's too long, Linda. Too long altogether. <laughs> um, we have reached the, 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 the final round of what has been an entertaining uh, senior Camogie Championship for me anyway from reading you and Mary in the Echo Live today and the Echo throughout the season we've reached the final um, two teams that we would have expected to and you anticipated would be there are there but both of them had to come through very very different challenges in the semi-finals um, first of all how much are you looking forward to this final and how good a game do you expect it to be? Well I think sure, if it's anything like last year's final mm. that was an outstanding game Um I thought the second half was outstanding in particular um, and I think if we've anything even close to that it'll be a great game um, I'm looking forward to it hopefully the weather conditions will allow for, for two kind of fast hurling teams to go at it um, hopefully the weather will improve by the weekend but um, yeah look it's, it's it's a highly anticipated one last year I tipped Shandoon I think this year I'm leaning the other way oh. any particular Slightly. reason? Well, you know, I suppose there's a number of things. Obviously, stars are hurting from last year. Mm. Um, plus, they're now on the road for double, which is massive for the club. And I think that'll bring huge a huge crowd from Glenmire into Castle Road on Sunday. Um, Shandun haven't been firing in all cylinders. You know, now they only had one group game, and it's always difficult for um, for, for division sides. And then they came over to that and they played Corsi Rovers and they played Cladov. Um, They weren't great in either game, but at the same time, they did it when they had to do it, to be fair to them. Um, they pulled, uh, particularly against Shandu or Cladov there in, in the last seven minutes. Um, but, you know, they, they have a couple of weaknesses. Their bench isn't as strong as Shandun's, or sorry, as Sars. But at the same time, they have killer players who, if they perform, could could win the game for Shandun. Mm. You know, they have a lot of great players. You know, obviously they have the Mackies and they have Amy O'Connor and, you know, but they have other, you know, experienced cock players at this stage and, and club players like you, you Neve O'Leary, you Sinead Mills, you have um, Susan Kate Brosnan. You know, you have a number of players there. But again, then you have, Shand- you have Blackrock playing on, um, on Saturday and I think there's seven players involved there and they're key players. Hayley Ryan, you know, Maeve Coffey, who came on the last day, Rogine Defeat, uh, Clino Callan, you know, big players as well. And win or lose, you know, I'd only be more worried if they win from, from a Shandun perspective, how they, you know, it's a long time coming for them, to be fair, and it would be great for them to win it, to be fair to them. You know, they, they, they've been knocking on the door for a long time. Um, and you'd wonder how they react Saturday night with, with their teammates to that. But, you know, as I, I was writing there to my today, you know, surely, you know, the lure of a third senior title in a row and with a big, big crowd watching, which what I expect will be a big crowd, you want to do yourself justice. So I, I, I would, you know, and while they might be a little bit heavy-legged on Sunday after Saturday, um, you would imagine that they, that they should still be able to, to drive on. So there's a lot against Shandun in that regard. Um, Sars, on the other hand, I think Sars are better this year. They're they're playing with a more confident. Um, they've got a number of players back. Uh, Nevo Callan is a big addition in, in, in the back line, in the half back line. You've Olivia McAllen back. You've Lucy Kelly back. Lucy Allen was the star forward along with Orla Mullins coming to the final last year and then missed the final through injury and she's back. So 
there's, you know, if you, if you were to look at it, that's for certain point for point, you'd say, look, this is leaning towards SARS. But again, as I said, you have uh, two star forwards up there for Shandun. If they get space and they go on a rampage and hit four goals, well, then it's a different story. But, you know, I'm sure SARS will have to work on that too. How much will the semi-finals that both teams, like, I mean, St. Catharines were behind for so long against Sars and got it back to one point towards the end. And how much of the semi-final for Shandun against, I, I know you wanted to mention Kladov because they really have been one of the big bright sparks of this particular championship. Both finalists came through serious, seriously tough tests in the semi-final. Plus now Shandun have the experience of some of their players playing the day before county finals in the past. So I think they... They'll just they'll, they'll do what they have to do when it come when the time comes. But those two semi finals, Linda, that you wrote about in Echo Lightly and on in the Echo, um, they were the they were serious tests for both of these finalists. They were and will massively stand to both sides, you know, for different reasons. Uh, I mean, Shandum will put to the pin of their collars for the whole game by Kudov. Uh an incredible defence that Kudov have. Uh, as I've said in a number of reports, conceded just two goals throughout the whole campaign, both one from a penalty against uh, earlier in the round, and then uh, one, and then just the, the one in, in come up to addition, come up to full time in in the semi final. Um, the fact that Shandun dug it out will further build their belief and bond. Uh, Sars, on the other hand, were, were, were cruising. And, and lifted slip and, were, and and did struggle when Catherine ran at them down the middle and they conceded three second half goals, um, four in total. You know, to see concede four goals is a lot. Now two of them were fortuitous, to be fair. Um, but this, you know, so are there gaps in the Sars defence that weren't there in the Cudduff defence? That's that that's that's what I'm wondering. Um, despite the fact that you Sars have kind of more reputable and well-known names than Kadov, but Kadov have you know they have a great team without without having any superstars, and, and sometimes that's worth its weight in gold, you know. So I think both sides, for different reasons, will take what they needed to take from those semi-finals, um, belief, and at the same time, you know, not taking your foot off the pedal when you have that lead. I mean, it was the opposite for Sarah's really in last year's final. You know, they were so slow to start, and Amy O'Connor had won four before. Shandun or sorry before Sars even blinked mm. and it, and they drew level in the second half but they just never took the lead and I think that slow start will re- really probably play it on their minds and they came out in the semi-final just gone against St. Catharines geez they tore out of the blocks they were brilliant so you'd imagine they'll continue that trend into the final and Shandun have been slow enough to start this time round so you know um, look things in roundabouts round isn't it it is and, and look it, it's a very difficult one to call as you said but it's interesting that you're kind of I, I understand now why you're going for SARS and the way you've explained it there is very succinct as always but uh, it, I suppose the big thing here then is that it promises to be a cracking final between two teams that know each other well from last year big crowd big occasion for Castle Road and, and a proper occasion as well to end what's been a very very entertaining Cork senior 
Camogie Championship this year, um, which takes place this weekend between Sars and Shandoon. Before we let you go, we do have to just mention the fact that uh, news broke this past week of the trialling of potential proposed changes to Camogie playing rules aimed to enhance the game flow and skill. Now, what that mouthful means is that there are six changes being proposed to the existing rules of Camogie. Uh, and these proposed changes, which will be trialled during the upcoming 2023-2024 season in the third level league fixtures, are so, uh, according to the Camogie Association, will seek to enhance the flow, skill and fairness of the game while maintaining player safety. Now, we're, we, we can go through each of the six of them and discuss them in depth. I mean, one of them is a con- concussion substitute, which is, you know, a correct idea and something that certainly should come in. But with somebody with your experience and somebody, you know, who loves the game of Camogie like you do, some of the new rules that are being proposed, like the quick puck out, for example, and also the clean catch, more or less a mark, I've seen so many different changes, I know you have as well, in Gaelic football over the past 12, couple of years now, and they haven't really had the desired effect. And if anything, they've made the product uh, at club level and certainly at inter-county level less less easy on the eye, to put it mildly. Are you concerned, Linda? Obviously, look, we want to see rule changes. We want to see Camogie develop and keep progressing. But is there a danger when you're bringing in a lot of rules all at once? I know they're only trialling trialing them, that there is the danger that you might actually affect what is already a very, very uh, positive product. Yeah, I, I, you know, sometimes rule change for rule change sake is just is, is just crazy. And, and I and uh, out of these six, there are certainly two that to me are are, are just one of them actually find uh, uh, nearly a bit embarrassing. Um, the quick pocket I find is fine. You know, um, the shoulder shoulder contact being permitted is another one. No problem with that. My only concern, would, I'm happy with that. My only concern would be, you know, um, cynical or aggressive play will remain prohibited. Um, and again, that's open to referee's discretion and, you know, um, you know, what's an aggressive shoulder, you know. So, um, I won't, you know, and uh, the big one is, is, is the, the head-on clash, um, when, which, which is the big one, really, that is causing all sort of frustration in the game, and that doesn't seem to have changed. The hand pass being very uh, clear, that, that's fine. Um, this one, the, the sideline puck now is one that annoys me. Teams will have the option to take a sideline puck from either the hand or the ground when the sideline puck is in their own 45-metre line. I mean, come on, this is senior, you know, I mean, our senior into county players not being able to take it or, you know, third-level players, you know, taking sideline puck from the hand, giving them a free shot. That, that, that's silly, I feel. Um, then the, the clean catch, this one kind of really probably frustrates me, I think, and uh, I mean, are we are we the AFL now, or what are we? You know, uh, so you know, if the ball is pucked to you outside the, outside your own forty-five meter line from your keeper, and you catch it, then then you remark. In other words, every player has to back off you while you take a free shot. I just think it's actually, I, I cringed when I saw it. I said, "What are we trying to do?" It's like it's like you would you would reward a child for catching a ball when you're coaching them the game at underage mm. and they cut the ball and say oh every, well, great catch everyone back off now and leave them have a clear shot I mean like they're saying they want to improve the speed and the skill of the game that's not going to improve any speed that's going to slow it down so person goes up catches the ball they break away they strike it now they go up and catch a ball and everyone has to back off and give them a free shot I just find that so that that one is really one now that, that that's sticking in my bra a little bit and I hope to God it just doesn't go anywhere you know um, so that one and the sideline 
puck from the hand um, within their own again 45 metre line I don't agree with those two but the others you know um, the shoulder allowed the, the, the clear and evident hand pass the quick puck out I, I actually like Gorky, you know sometimes there's a move on and the, you know the keeper has to wait for the referee to write down the score put Put, put the notebook into their back pocket, scratch their leg and then blow the whistle, you know, that kind of, So um, I think uh, that's a good one as well. But yeah, but some of them, I mean, it's, it's, the, the big one for me is, is the mark. I think it's just crazy. Even trialing it, why? You know, that's my view on it anyway. No, I completely agree with you on that. And uh, I think it's counterproductive, as is the puck out from the hand. But it was good to hear it from somebody with, you know, a love of camogie and somebody who has played and, and lived camogie um, all her life uh, and, and would have a, a serious say. And, and people would listen to your opinion, certainly on it, Linda. And it's going to be interesting just to see the reaction to how it goes. As I said, it's only been trialed in the third level league fixtures. But generally, when these things are trialed, they do end up at the club and inter-county scene not soon, uh, not long afterwards. We will have to watch very carefully how that goes. But ahead of all of that, we've something. We'll end on a positive note. A fantastic uh, senior county final to look forward to this weekend at Castle Road between Sars and Shandoon. If you get a chance to get down there uh, on Sunday, make sure you get down there and take a look at it. It's going to be a cracking game. Um, and Linda Mellick will have all the reaction and she'll have her match report on Echo Live and the Echo the following week. But for now, on the Big Red Bench, thank you very, very much for your time, Linda. And we will talk to you again soon. Thank you, Ger. See you Sunday. Yeah, more chats like that on the Women in Sport podcast on the Big Red Bench podcast feed, wherever you get your podcasts, or RedFM.ie every Thursday from noon. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to hear from Devin Toner and we're going to chat to the lads at Rebel County Wrestling. Don't go away. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. You're very welcome back to the Big Red Bench here on Cork's Red FM. It's Aidan Leahy here with you until 7 o'clock. Uh, Munster leading Sharks 24-14, 61 minutes gone at Thoman Park. And uh, speaking of rugby, we have a legend on the show this evening, uh, Leinster and Ireland uh, player Devin Toner, former Leinster and Ireland player Devin Toner. Uh, he's teaming up with uh, Board Bia, um, encouraging Irish consumers to crack on in the kitchen with Board Bia quality assured eggs. I spoke to Devin Toner about uh, a lot of things. Uh, the World Cup, his own retirement, the retirements of a couple of Irish legends and of course the upcoming provincial season. All right, Borbia has teamed up with former Leinster and Ireland rugby player Devin Toner to encourage Irish consumers to crack on in the kitchen with Borbia quality assured eggs. And I'm delighted to say that the legend himself, Devin Toner, joins me on the line now. Devin, great to speak to you. Thanks for joining us on the show. No bother. Thanks, Aidan. Thanks for having me. Um, have you uh, come to terms with uh, what has happened over the last couple of weeks? I think there's a lot of people that, that still uh, probably have I think haven't. I have. I, I think I've come to terms with it a bit quicker than everyone else, though, because it's happened to me. It's happened to me before, and I know it's. I know that I know it's sport, and I know it moves on very quickly. To be honest, but uh, I was still devastated after it all. There, to be honest. Yeah, and I think as well, like it, you know. Like it was, it was former players that were like the most nervous heading into the game uh, last week, and we probably maybe should have taken something from that. The guys who know how hard it is to get over that hump of quarterfinals, uh, fans I were know. so expectant, and uh, we should have listened to you. Look, there was a lot of pressure. There was a lot of media hype. There was everything going on, but like it was kind of all justified as well because of how well they were playing. Do you know what I mean? They're, they've been playing phenomenal rugby the past two years, and. Um, it's, you can't take 
the All Blacks lightly by any chance, you know what I mean? And like that's probably the the, the worst we played in in the last while, and it's the best day they've played in the past two years as well. So it's it's a uh, it's it's bittersweet anyway. Um, obviously, you've been joined in retirement now by by a couple of more legends, Johnny Sexton and Keith yeah. Earls. Um, I'm yeah. not sure if you've talked to them since they, since they've announced their retirement. Obviously, it was it was kind of obvious that they were going to step away after this tournament. Um, but they are two massive losses, aren't they, for our rugby? Ah, they are indeed. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, um, I, I, I played. I was in the same year as as Sexto in school. I'll be a different school. So I, I play. I played all the way up with him. Like kind of at the under 16 trials under the Leicester schools, Ireland schools, that that sort of stuff. And then Erlsey, he, uh, what, what happened? I was I was I was on an Ireland under 19 tour or World Cup in South Africa, and he got called up to it when he was actually still in school. I think he was. So I've I've known the lads all of my career anyway, and and like they're they're two of the best lads you've ever come across, and um, they made some. Uh, impact on Irish rugby in general, basically. Like they're 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 they were un- unbelievable lads, but unbelievable players, and 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 they kind of transformed the the rugby around them. Do you know what I mean? And, and, yeah. and they made people play better around them as well. Like so, like I think like Sexto for for, for me in, in Leinster, he was he is that driving force of 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 all the success that we had. To be honest. Yeah, so to say he's a loss is just a, a total understatement, isn't it? Like he's he's one of the the greats. Like he's certainly that Mount Rushmore uh, figure, isn't he? Uh, in in Irish rugby, and like it's a massive uh, change in lifestyle to retire from a sport like rugby. You you, you retired in at the end of the twenty twenty two season, and uh, yeah. I imagine it's a massive change in lifestyle. And I suppose it's part as well of the campaign they're doing at the moment with Port Bia. No, absolutely. Like a. Um it's a huge change in lifestyle, um, mainly because you're so on it all the time. Basically, so so now after after what I found after my retirement, I retired last uh, last June, and I find like it's I was kind of happy at the time when I was doing it because I realized like I done it for so long, I did it for seventeen years, so like I actually really wanted to be able to be able to plan stuff at the weekend, and be able to go on holidays, and be able to do something in advance, and I didn't really miss it at the start. But then when the when the big game started rolling around, obviously the the Grand Slam, and then watching these 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 games is kind of it's a uh, it's it's uh, you do start missing it, but. Um, it's it's yeah it's the lifestyle it's the change of diet it's the change of training regime it's the train of it's the, it's the change of everything really to be honest uh, and I suppose this campaign with Borbia we were we were it, it, it's more about uh, obviously how good eggs are in your diet and and uh, how much eggs that we actually used to consume as as rugby players as well so it's just because they're they're such a, such a versatile product and, and and there's so much protein and we used to eat them the whole time as well so like my egg consumption has come down a little bit after yeah. playing. Um, but uh, I don't know. We're, we're we're on the right track. Yeah, like I, my my most of my knowledge from like even this time of year, I suppose preseason, maybe it would have been the kind of last couple of months. The amount of I remember the Tommy Bow documentary in RT, and I suppose he was coming back from injury at the time. But I remember watching him eat to eat like all the so many calories and need to do so much eating constantly to try to get back fit or to get ready for the season ahead with Ulster and like it just looked yeah. insane doesn't it so I suppose you probably yeah, no. you probably don't miss um, that no I don't miss that but I think on the on the flip side of it like I think I got a, I got away with it a bit because I was a, I was a front five forward so it didn't really matter if I was I was heavy or not and uh 
there's a there's a there's a fat kid in me wanting to get out so i actually found putting on weight quite easy so i actually didn't find putting on weight that hard so i was able to kind of eat what i wanted so i was able to eat so i, I wasn't too bad compared to compared to the backs some of the lads when they are find it very hard to put on weight and keep and keep weight on and you see when lads retire they either go one way they either go heavy or they go light <laughs> basically um and i i went to heavyweight <laughs> like as uh, like Obviously, you were it's six ten. I think you are like um, it's a yeah. lot of a lot of moving parts. It's a lot of uh, it's a lot going on. Like, how did you manage to keep yourself in such good shape throughout your career? Like, because we do often see like bigger athletes, taller athletes. I suppose there's more going on there. There's more risk of of injury and everything like that. Um, how yeah. did you keep yourself in good shape? Because like it's such an attritional game. You're in an attritional position as well where you were playing. Um, like mm. it must have been tough to keep everything going. Like it was, it was tough, but it was. Um, but you know, like people have asked me the whole time, because like I, I, I was very, very, very lucky that I never had any any bad injuries. Do you know, I, I didn't, I didn't have any of these three months, six months, nine months injuries that that a lot of lads get. And I was trying to put my finger now of, of why, and, and and I really don't know. But I think I was just lucky, to be honest. Like the most I ever did was I, I broke my ankle once playing for Lansdowne actually yeah. <laughs> at the end of the season, and then it was right for, for for the start of the next season. So I was actually very lucky with injuries. Um, and then just keeping in shape is just it, it 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 comes from the intensity that you train at. Do you know what I mean? It it, yeah. it all stems from the training, and and it, and and because of the environment that I kind of grow up in playing in with Leinster and, and all that because of the intensity of training you you kind of get used to it it's just something you do so you're used to training at that, 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 that intensity and you're, and you're used to um, just the, how how strict it is I suppose um, so it's just something that you kind of you get used to the uh, the RC season's kicking off this weekend. Um, look, obviously, I suppose Leinster always have the eye on uh, on Europe and uh, winning uh, bigger honours there. I suppose to come away without any silverware last year uh, must have hurted. So there'll be a real drive there. They've got to like that come to terms with the fact that there will be no Johnny Sexton uh, around the place anymore. But there's a, a good young fella in, in Prendergast as well to take his spot. But um, They'll be hungry to try and uh, to try and match Munster last season and and get that uh, URC title back and maybe something bigger as well in Europe. Oh, they absolutely will. Like I think they're very much aware that they haven't won um, something in, in the last couple of years. Um, they've got a young squad now. Um, they've got a co- good couple of young lads coming through. I think they're getting two new caps this weekend. I think Scott Penny is going to be captain. Um, so it's really good for him. Um, so there's a good couple of young young talent coming through, but um, it's all the lads will be coming back from the World Cup now in a couple of weeks anyway. Do you know? Yeah. So, and, and 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 they'll be ready to go, and they'll be ready, ready to put everything that happened behind them. So and I think Highland Cup is starting uh, start of December. So it's it's uh, rugby is a sport that just just keeps on going. Well, sport in general just keeps yeah. on going. You don't really get time to think about what uh, think about what happens. So. Leinster are going to want to start the start the season well um, and, and and get a lot of experience in, in, in the younger lads. And they say I think uh, Ross Byrne is, is is a phenomenal player and uh, he didn't get a lot of sh- a lot of chances in the World Cup. But I think when he comes, he's always been phenomenal with Leinster when he when, when he has played and he'll he, he'll drive them on massively this year. Munster obviously will be looking to capitalise on winning the RC last season. Do you think that there's um there's much less of a gap now between Leinster and Munster and 
you'd be hoping that that we'll see some of those classic Leinster Munster games that we've always seen down through the years. It hasn't happened now for for quite a while, obviously with Leinster's dominance. But you'd be hoping this year now we get a few really good games. You know that St Stephen's Day game as well. Like uh, hopefully there's some good mm. battles between Munster and Leinster this year. Absolutely, like it's, it's a, uh, like down through the years. Uh, my, my some of my favourite games were were, were with the Munster Leinster games. I loved going out at home and on, on Stephen's Day, and and uh, it's just the uh, the the crowd, the atmosphere at them games is phenomenal. And as you said, the last couple of years we, we, we Leinster have been a little bit dominant, but I think seeing Munster lift the, lift the trophy last year, it will it will kick Leinster on a bit. Um, this season to, to, to go on and do, do do it again for for us, but I think it will add into a good atmosphere at, at those intervals this year, and I'll be looking forward to watching them anyway. Excellent stuff. Just before I let you go, England versus South Africa tonight. Uh, do you think England have any chance? I personally think South Africa will find it quite easy tonight. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know whether they find it easy, but I think they'll, I think they'll I think they'll definitely win. I think they'll be. It'll maybe, maybe oh, I'm going to say 15 point game, so I'm going to say 25 10. South Africa. And it'll be a great final, wouldn't it? Uh, South Africa, New Zealand. New Zealand look for a yeah. revenge after that hammering at Twickenham at the start of the tournament. It's amazing Absolutely. that uh, they've even recovered from that, to be fair. Uh, who do you think Who do you think will take home the Web Ellis? Uh, do you know what? If, if, you want to be by, if you want to be bet by anybody, it's probably you want, you want, you want to be beaten by the. By the winners, so I'd, I would say I'd say New Zealand will, will, will go on and win it here, to be honest. Excellent stuff, well, Devin. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks, man, for joining us on the show, and uh, we'll let you crack on. Great, thanks, Aiden. Cheers. Yeah, thanks to Borbia for setting that up uh, chat there with Devin Toner. Uh, all right, Munster leading 29-14 with 69 minutes gone at Thoman Park, and Andrew Conway got in for the try. Uh, just a couple of minutes ago on his 150th Munster appearance 16 month layoff great to see him back in the raid of Munster and scoring tries at Thoman Park um, and um, interesting game uh, between Chelsea and Arsenal it's Chelsea 2 Arsenal li- nil. 60 minutes gone and Modric is the one who has doubled Chelsea's lead in that one uh, right now let's finish up by hearing from the RCW boys Billy Bedlam and Owen Richards, they were in studio last uh, week uh, to chat to us about their upcoming show uh, at the PAV on the 4th of November and it's set to be a, a cracker as well and there's a, there's a low number of tickets left. It's over 18s but uh, if you do want to get your hands on any tickets I would uh, say uh, uh, hurry on if you can uh, and uh, get that sorted out. Uh, and get any tickets you want to see uh, stars such as the RCW champion Owen Richards who we're going to hear from the tag team champions the Beardy Beaties uh, Raven Creed Just E. Tucker Danny Luna and Robbie X will all be there it's Owen Richards versus Robbie X uh, for the RCW championship Uh, here is Billy and Owen speaking to us last week I'm delighted to be joined now by the Rebel County Wrestling crew. On my left is Billy Bedlam, the chairman. On my right is the champion, Owen Richards. Uh, Billy, welcome into studio again, of course. Um, you've uh, a new show on the way on the 4th of November in the Pavilion, I believe. That's right. Um, the last one was 9th of September. How did it go for you? Yeah, well, in the keynote, was, uh, we said goodbye to the keynote for the second time. Um, uh, so we had a great show, obviously. Uh, Richie, our own Richards, came away with the belt. But um, we're, we're delighted to be going to the PAV and starting a new chapter for Cork Wrestling like as I was saying to the lads this morning we've 120 tickets sold and we have only barely started promoting the show so I think the appetite is greater than ever we've a new champion we're starting with a new era 
and uh, we're really looking forward to, 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 to kind of make, taking that next step with Cork Wrestling you know so I bring it on it's been it's been a great journey so far over the last I suppose I'm involved later in years now at this point but we're actually RCW will be a year old the day after the 5th of November so we're kind of having a little bit of a birthday party too in the, in the pub so yeah it's, 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 I'm really looking forward to it Absolutely and uh, you look like you're, you're very comfortable with that belt around the shoulder there I'm sure you'll want to keep hold of that for, for a while to come Was uh, tell me, I suppose it must have been a big night for you to, to take that belt Yeah it probably was one of the, the bigger nights in, in my career to be perfectly honest and uh, I've worked hard 7 years at this to finally win first singles championship and like let's, let's be honest it's not a coincidence that the belt goes on Owen Richards and the ticket sales go right up, you know. So like that's 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 what it means. Like people people don't understand the significance of what's actually happening now in RCW because you know the keynote's great, we've had a great time, we could go back in the future, but we want bigger. We want to keep growing and moving into the path, bigger venue, hopefully a newer audience. We've got some great plans for the next six months or so, and um, I'm hopefully gonna be at the forefront of that. So like this is only beginning. I only won the belt on the ninth of September. It's not going anywhere anytime soon, so don't worry about that. Absolutely, confident words. Um, it's quite a big time for for wrestling in Ireland. It's like even I, I'd have a fleeting interest in WWE, for example. And obviously Monday night, JD McDonough was in the ring with Drew McIntyre, which was a massive match for him. Yeah, is that maybe a generational wave that sometimes you have, or do you think that's something that's gonna? going to come along for the for years to come well I kind of feel like it with wrestling it all depends on how popular the likes of WWE is because even when I got into independent wrestling it was because WWE was booming around that 2014 2015 you had like Monday Night Raw you had NXT and everyone was watching WWE and I feel like when that happens like right now I think WWE is probably at one of its highest points it's ever been they're like really really killing it with all this Roman Reigns stuff Cody Rhodes everyone's watching and the more interest people have in American wrestling that trickles down to us at independent wrestling because they're hungry they want more of it and I've noticed that when WWE isn't performing so well and their product isn't so good it actually does affect us to, to a certain degree like you know and it is great to see people like JD McDonough or people like even like Lyra Valkyria who's like trained with us who's wrestled in Cork for various promoters like all these people like that are doing these shows you could potentially be going to a show on the path and watching someone that could be the next WWE star like so that's why it's worth actually going do you know that kind of way absolutely like it really does feel like it's an exciting time and for you as somebody who's involved in the promotion of it like yeah. you must be you must be relishing nights like uh, the start of November absolutely and uh, it does it just to say what I want to consolidate what he said about peaks and troughs from a promoting perspective we have seen that too in, in the past in, in Irish wrestling I've seen it in, in CCW and Phoenix and now in RCW but I think we're I think Irish wrestling is, re- is ready to kind of take off again pre- after pandemics after everything that went on you know so I think I think we're in a great position I think uh, just looking at the matches we've announced so far we've only announced two matches obviously the championship match with um with, uh, with with Robbie X coming in to challenge for the title, and uh, we have uh, Danny Luna who's making her debut as well. She's a big big deal over in Impact Wrestling and, and a big UK uh, UK um, wrestler. Uh, she's going to be wrestling um, Nita Vaughan, so that's a very big match as well. So I'm announcing very shortly will be Steve Savage versus Tucker. Tucker's a, a, a former WWE wrestler himself in WUK. Steve Savage wrestles all over. He'd, he'd wrestle here if you gave him if you if you asked him to wrestle. He'd wrestle an opening of an envelope for you. So that's going to be a really big match as well for him. Uh, we've got the tag team ch- titles on the line with the Beard of Beauties making their first defence as well. We've got a couple of more debuts as well. So look, for me p- personally, we have um, 
we have November we have December booked we're looking to do something really cool in February we have always Good Friday uh, which is going to be always it's always a massive show for us in Cork we've that already kind of booked and we're looking to do really big things as well in the summer next year so as I said to Rory there last day we were having a chat Cork Wrestling is, a, is, a, is in a great place but with the likes of um of Owen and, uh, and 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 everybody else around us and Raven Creed and uh, Dino Power Matt Schuyler Butch Armstrong we're going to go and go better bigger and better places you know so it's a really cool time to be involved Do you feel you're in a place where you can actually you know find talent develop talent and you know maybe hopefully see somebody that you brought through one day going on and you know headlining a, headlining a, a, a big event somewhere around the world like do you how do you maybe search for talent? It's it must be weird because people probably don't realize it's it's for them until they yep. try it, and it's not like you know you, you walk into a gym on any given Saturday and you just try a bit of wrestling. Like how do you how do you find maybe those opportunities for people? Look, the, the, the next big star could only be one show away from just going to a wrestling show as a wrestling fan. Now that's a fact. Um, we don't. I don't currently own a gym in Cork at, at, at the moment. But there's gyms in Limerick, there's gyms, there's a number from Dublin and Belfast, and there's an awful lot of young talent emerging from there. And the next big thing could be just around the corner. We're looking at someone like LJ Cleary, who's just recently moved to Japan, right? Now he's wrestling as long as, as we're involved, even a bit longer. But he's only a young fellow, he was only 14 the day he, he stepped into a wrestling ring. And uh, like now he's wrestling over in Japan so I mean it, 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 and it's the same for JD McDonough for Seamus for Valkyrie for Becky Lynch she wrestled in Balancholic I think we, we were talking to Marion Armstrong about that one day or Luke Barry sorry um, um, you know so these people everyone starts at this level yeah. so that like there's, there's never and, and size doesn't matter it's about dedication it's about hard work it's about training and it's about if you're good enough and you want it, you want it if you're hungry enough you'll make it you know I've had my back turned to this fella for a while which is probably not the, the, the <laughs> smartest thing to do uh, I suppose tell me a bit about your story and getting to this stage in your career um, where did it all start for you? Yeah well like it actually started quite late for myself I didn't really get into wrestling until I was in my late 20s I kind of went through and um, there was a period in my like early to mid-twenties where I had actually had a bit more weight on me. I was a little bit unhealthy and I kind of went on this like resurgence of fitness. I lost a lot of weight. I lost nine stone in a six-month period. Just started running, eating healthy and stuff like that. And once I got kind of healthy and fit, I started getting into different avenues of fitness. But I always kind of had wrestling in the back of my mind. I watched it as a kid. I think everyone at some point in their life watched wrestling, whether it was Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, Rock and Austin or John Cena now for some of the lads that are coming through. They always had their kind of times where they watched wrestling. Even if they watched it on once they know what it is so I was always kind of attracted to it so once I kind of got fit and all I kind of said to myself like I have this philosophy in life where like I don't want to live life with any regrets so I kind of just said right I'll just try it I'll just go to a gym I'll do a couple of wrestling training sessions and see what it's like a couple of months later I was like this is unbelievable I love it six months into it I made my first match and then after that I was just hooked to like you know but what I would say to any kind of aspiring wrestlers any people that get involved or start training it does take a long time for some people it might take six months it might take two years it might take three years to click I feel like it's only started to click for me in the last two years since the pandemic like before that I kind of was a little bit lost didn't really know what I was doing and it took that long for myself as well you know and um, 
but I feel coming in a little bit later in life did help because I kind of came in with a bit more life experience than a lot of guys it's great starting 13, 14, 15 and just being a wrestler but I kind of had I think I find all skills are transferable so all the skills I had in life before I got into wrestling I use now whether is it stuff like this like media or what you're doing with your social media or getting in shape or looking after yourself or getting good gear because all that stuff is important as well as important as putting in the work as a wrestler as well like you know so I feel like I'm at the point where I'm I don't even think I'm, I'm starting to hit my peak yet but like as I said after seven years it's only paying off now but it feels great <laughs> Stylistically who would, how would you describe yourself to, to someone let's say somebody's going to turn up to see you on November 4th that hasn't seen you before well, what can they expect? Yeah, expect hard hitting expect strong expect to be thrown around a little bit expect aggression and, and that, that's pretty much it like you know it's like I've only got this title and there's no way no chance in hell I'm going to go You face Robbie X Robbie X yeah have you history with him? Is he a new opponent for you? Um, he's actually a request, to be honest. Like, I just, I'm at the point now where, you know, I surveyed, you know, no disrespect, Billy, but I just surveyed Cork Wrestling. I just don't think anyone in Cork Wrestling or around Cork Wrestling is, is on my level, is worthy of a championship. It's going to be a long time before someone from this city gets a shot at this belt. So we've had to go elsewhere. Robbie X is probably one of the best independent wrestlers that hasn't been signed in the world at the moment. And uh, that's the type of challenge that I want. I want to elevate this championship. We're going into new, new, new beginnings. We're going into the path. It's a new venue. It's, it's a new era. And that era needs to start at the highest standard possible. And that is Robbie X. If there was ever a rally cry needing for, for, for Cork people out there who want to take that title, well, I, I he's know, doing a pretty good job of motivating people. I know there, a certain Raven Creed and Reardon O'Connor who, who are actually wrestling each other. In, uh, I signed that match yesterday in the last wrestler standing match. I think if they're listening to this interview, they might have a, th- a, say, a thing or two to say about that in the future. But uh, like Robbie X is making his RCW debut. I'd agree with everything uh, Owen said about he's one of the best wrestlers in the world not to be signed. We're delighted to have him here. Uh, um, and, you know, maybe he walks home with the or with the um, with the RCW title, who knows? It's up to this man over here to keep it around his waist and on his shoulder. But uh, it's just it just goes to show the type of talent we're bringing in. We've Eric Young coming in, a former WWE guy, the WCW guy, Impact Wrestling guy, uh, another huge indie star on, in December. So look, that, that's the type of caliber of wrestler we're going to be putting into Cork. And with the local talent we have, and the amount of talent that's around this country, we're, we're going to work for anyone who wants to um, grab a ticket. Tickets are go, are, are selling. Very very fast and it's going to be as I said the next level in the path and we really can't wait to go, get going Yeah I suppose just tell us those details and tickets and uh, any social media accounts as well Yeah tickets on sale at eventbrite.ie uh, follow us on Instagram RCW on Twitter and Facebook and all the local places like that or myself Billy Bedlam chairman of the board uh, or Marion Armstrong who runs or, or Luke Barry whichever one he goes RC by RC wrestling RC wrestling yeah you see uh, I don't run the social media but um, that's where we are do you know just google us and we'll be there we're going to like I can't stress enough if you're going to miss out on the first show on the path you're really going to miss out on something really special because we have something cooking and I suppose keep an eye on yourself then on your socials anything you want to well, well absolutely yeah so it's, uh, it's Own Your Destiny um, on all social medias look out for the saviors of destiny Andy Steele and um, Anita Vaughan we're all in a kind of group together um, but I just think like as far as kind of cork wrestling goes you can see it even in these like smaller venues and shows we've done with 50 or 100 people like the hunger's there the desire's there and I don't think we've really tapped into the potential in Cork wrestling like they've done the big shows in Dublin they've done that all around the country but it hasn't happened at the same level of Cork and I feel like it's our job over the next six months over the next couple of years to really just elevate wrestling and RCW in Cork and take a match because I think the hunger's there you know absolutely lads it's been a pleasure to talk to you I've really enjoyed it and the very best of luck with the show thanks Aidan hope to see you at the show my friend yeah thank you very much 
Yeah, that's the RCW lads chatting ahead of their show at the Pav on the 4th of November. Head over to Eventbrite if you want to get tickets. That's it. We're out of time. Rory's going to be along uh, tomorrow evening from 6pm. Until then, Stevie G is on the way next. Thank you for listening. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Cork's Red FM.